This is the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast, aimed at helping you live an active and healthy life in and around Somerset and Union County, New Jersey. This podcast is brought to you by Strive to Move, located in Warren and Berkeley Heights. Strive to Move helps active adults in New Jersey get back to doing what they love pain-free. Dr. Yu Chin Chang received her Doctor of Physical Therapy degree from the University of Delaware in 2006 and is now the founder of Whole Body Wellness Physical Therapy in New Providence, New Jersey. Dr. Chang has a passion for working with people suffering from complex chronic pain. She believes that only through a whole body approach to complex pain conditions and pelvic dysfunctions, one can truly begin his or her journey. Dr. Chang holds a dual board certification in orthopedics and women's health and is a member of the American Physical Therapy Association. She also belongs to both the American Physical Therapy Section on Women's Health and the New Jersey Special Interest Group on Women's Health. Additionally, she is a member of the International Pelvic Pain Society. Yuchin, how are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for uh, having me. And I'm looking forward to learning uh, more specifically about what you do, and I'm, I'm really excited for you to be able to share it with our audience. Um, as a background, we've been able to work together by sharing quite a few patients. And, you know, I got permission from her, even my sister, who has the best things to say about you as far as, as what you've been able to do with her in, over the first few sessions. So I'm really excited to learn more about what you do and, and, and your journey. So I guess to start, why don't you tell us, once you graduated PT school, taking us out to 2019, your journey of how you got to, to be where you are today and, and the type of practice that you have. Sure, sure. Thank you for the kind words. Um, when I graduated from Delaware um, in 2006, um, I was trained as a mainstream physical therapist, focused on mostly joint and the muscles. And with a lot of passion, I, I dive into uh, patient care and started to treat um, people with chronic pain, um, complex pain. And I realized just having the understanding of muscles and the joints are not enough. There are some patients I can help, but there are some patients I just beyond my ability to, to even get them start on their journey of healing. Through my curiosity and I would say intuition, I was guided through um, different techniques and to different realms. So I was introduced to various osteopathic techniques and able to appreciate different um, areas, such as internal organ, the viscera, the lymphatic system, the central nervous system in the brain and the spine, and also discover more and more about the body-mind connection how our thoughts and emotions can influence our body, vice versa. So through that journey of uh, discovering what the wellness and healing is like, that's led me to open my own practice, whole body wellness, physical therapy in New Providence. So I can treat the patient the way I want to um, and provide them with the tools so they're able to be their own gatekeeper. If they feel something's out of 
alignment with themselves, they know what tools to use. Is um, whether it's treating their body physically or tease out the emotional component that's causing the tension in their physical body, they know what to do. Uh, so much there that I want to dive into. The first thing that I want to talk about because it gets the term gets thrown around a lot with my patients, and you probably see it all the time chronic pain, fibromyalgia. Can you talk more about, you know, people say, oh, I'm always in pain. Do I have chronic pain? What would you classify for someone at home? Like, how do you classify someone that is a chronic pain type patient? I would say when you have uh, pain more than six months, that's chronic pain. So what I consider as a complex chronic pain is that the pain is not local to one area of the body. It has spread to different area, neck, shoulder, two or three places in the body. And also you have emotional component to it that you would be fearful of doing certain things. So you're afraid things might get flare up. You're hesitant to engage in life in doing life events or activity with friends and family. And that's what I would consider as complex chronic pain. I totally agree. We see that a lot with patients in our setting dealing with a lot of athletes or people that are active. You know, they they might come in and say, oh, I I can't pick up my son anymore because I'm afraid it's going to hurt or uh, I'm I'm not I don't know if I can do that because I think it might hurt. Well, has it hurt? Well, no, but, you know, it may it may have hurt a few years ago. But, you know, to your point of uh, there's a there's a huge mental and emotional component to that. Can you touch on uh, we had a patient who came in who said, yeah, the doctors told me I had fibromyalgia. Do you, and, and we kind of say that's not a great diagnosis in general, and it's a lot of times it scares patients, but um, can you talk to that, the difference, or is there a difference in your brain between fibromyalgia and chronic pain? Like, how do you look at that? So fibromyalgia is a type of chronic pain. It depends on who diagnoses it. So the official diagnosis has to be made by a rheumatologist. Is a rheumatologic condition that need to look for a certain marker in the blood work. So if you are diagnosed by a primary physician, basically the diagnosis is based on, okay, you have pain everywhere and you have pain for a long time, you must have fibromyalgia, then that diagnosis is it's not as valid according to the, the criteria. But sometimes patients just want to have a name to basically like, okay, I have fibromyalgia. It doesn't really help them, but I think emotionally they feel like, oh, okay, I have a condition that somebody know what it is right. and what to do about it. Yeah, we always talk about here when a patient leaves and they go home and their husband says, oh, what did the doctor say? It's very easy for them to say, I have this. I have a disc herniation. I have a sprained ankle. I have fibromyalgia. And so... Um, to your point of giving it a name, even if it isn't correct, a lot of times for the patients may, uh, from my experience, it just makes them feel better, but long-term it could actually be harming them to like think they have something that they might not even, you know, might not be relevant to their case. True. That comes to the power of belief. So um, if you believe you're going to get better, yes, your body will respond accordingly. So if you feel like, well, this is the best I'm going to be, then that your body responds accordingly as well. Another thing I want to mention about fibromyalgia diagnosis for patients is that 
in some way they feel they are validated emotionally. They are not dreaming stuff up in their head, which I can understand having a name or a label is better than, well, I don't know, you have pain, so you must be stressed out. So that's a better scenario for the patient. Um, And I think part of the healing process for the patient is that they have to understand they go from the physical part as a point of entry to get the body aligned. But just having that done is not enough. They have to tease out what's driving that body to tense up or having autoimmune condition or what are the what are their cognitive and behavioral contribution to their pain. If they don't address those components, just having physical restriction removed is inadequate. I, I think that's a great explanation. I want to jump around a little bit, but I think this will provide important context. Um, you know, you are a doctor of physical therapy. What I'm interested in is, you know, someone that either may have gone to physical therapy before or has never gone and might say, well, what's the difference between what she does and if I go to the, you know, the X, Y, and Z big name physical therapy place because by definition, it's the same thing, but you and I both know it's very different. So, you know, I guess talk to, you know, what has changed for you since you've been in your own practice versus when you worked in, you know, the bigger setting, like what is the difference? Because some patients might not even understand that there is a difference. Um, I would say how, how I do things differently is that I treat the body holistically from a mechanical perspective, think about your body like a a tablecloth on the table. So when one corner gets pulled, everything else gets wrinkled. So in order to smooth out the wrinkle, you have to take a step back and to see where the pull is coming from. So it depends on how long is the pull and how hard is the pull is going to determine the pattern. So usually where people have pain is the end point of the interaction between different systems. So what I do things differently is that when a patient comes in, let's say for pelvic pain or let's say for back pain. So after I put my hands on them, so I feel like if my hands-on assessment tells me that the primary restriction, the most restricted area is their neck, then the neck is where I start first. So I let their body guide me. So in that holistic way of practicing, I won't be reacted to pain. I'm proactive and going after the drivers of pain. So in addition to the mechanical aspect of treating the body, I also focus on the mind and body connection. I told patients when I'm treating them, when I put my hands on them, I'm not just working on their tissues. I'm touching the very essence of their being. So not only the physical matters, how they react to the physical, to their surroundings, what kind of emotional stimuli, what's their holding pattern, what kind of visceral tension they have um, as a result of the, the painful stimuli or um, a, a stressful convert, uh, confrontation with the husband, how do they recognize their body's holding pattern? So I teach my patient how to be aware 
and how to connect to their body and then provide them with tools, how to deal with the emotional component of the pain and physical component of the pain, and then how to integrate. How do you go from um, using your um, mindful meditation and exercises to reintegrate the body part that's being newly freed and um, become uh, more the functional and healthy body. So someone comes in as an example with lower back pain, if they went to a normal physical therapy place, most likely they would probably focus only on the lower back. Um, And in your situation, what you're saying is I'm looking at the whole picture. So they might come in with low back pain and what if the, they might have a problem in their neck or there is a shoulder problem or there is a, another component that may be overlooked elsewhere. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you know, for you, you almost are taking a global approach to say, yes, I know your back, low back hurts, but the way we might fix that is by looking elsewhere. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And it's not, that doesn't mean your pain or your driver of your issue cannot be in the lower back region. Could be local to you, the area of pain or could be distant. Um, but I don't want patient to be fixated on, I have back, lower back pain, just treat my lower back, don't touch anything else. So that kind of philosophy won't work well with my treatment approach. I think another important factor that we want to look that we all want to make sure that people understand um, the amount of time that you spend with each patient, I think should be mentioned because, you know, like an average, you know, physical therapy session, it's usually, you know, 15 minutes with the PT and then they send you to do exercises with maybe an aid for another 30 to 45 minutes. But I know your approach is much different. So how does a typical session look in, in your practice? So the first visit is usually about 60 minutes and the follow-up session is 45 minutes. So and it's uh, one-on-one with you. That's correct. So it's one-on-one and I do mostly hands-on osteopathic techniques, very gentle um, yet mindful techniques to work on whatever tissue that has that's out of balance. Um, at the end of the session, I'll give patient homework. Mm-hmm. So those homework um, is to address whatever issue we just worked on and patient use them as an extension of the treatment. So I usually see patient once a week um, until they stabilize. So once they have met certain um, milestone, then we reduce the visit to once every two or three weeks or three or four weeks. Um, So it really depends on the complexity of the cases. Um, But those are the general guidelines. How do you talk to a patient who you really think there is a emotional or um, psychological component to their pain, you know, they're coming to you as a PT with hip pain or shoulder pain, and they say, I have a problem with my shoulder. How do you how do you approach that with a patient? That's a very good question. It's a very complex uh, situation. So what I want people to understand when I mention psychological, emotional, doesn't mean it's dreaming up in their head. They do have physical restriction, but they have emotional component, which means their pain is linked to particular part of their brain. Um, and that's activated when, you know, when there's an emotion uh, involved. So that part of the brain's colimbic system. So just like when people have uh, PTSD, 
when they have a traumatic event, that your limbic system, your hippocampus, take a snapshot of the situation and store that along with emotion into that part of your brain and also loads part of the tension into the body. Could be, you know, anywhere. So just by purely working on the physical stretching, touching of that restricted area without addressing the connection to that part of the brain is really challenging to freed up the tension store in the body. So I'll talk to the patient about the relationship between that part of the brain to the, the body. So the patient feel relieved that they are not the one to blame. They are not dreaming stuff up in their head. So that's that. And another thing is, depends on the perception of the patient. When they describe where they are in their journey in terms of healing, depends on how they describe their nature of injury, you know where they are in terms of their um, journey of healing. So if they are in that blame stage, oh, you know, that happened to me, I was just in the bad luck, things like that. So you know that they, they are still pretty, pretty um, at the early stage of the, the healing. Until they take the ownership, they are not blaming other people. They are ready to do something for their pain for themselves. So you use different language to talk to them. So if they're at the earliest stage, you probably try to help them instead of you, uh, using the meditation so they can balance their emotions so they are not harbor harboring all those resentment in their body. If they are ready to take charge, then you give them more of the proactive tools so they can deal with. So I, I usually use that to kind of know where they are and talk to them accordingly and, and also explain the physiology of trauma and how they low, not necessarily a huge trauma, but how that the emotion is connected to the physical restriction. Can you talk about, you talked about um, the type of, of things you'll, homework you'll give to patients. What's a, you know, I know it's very wide variety, but um, again, I think if someone went to a regular physical therapist and they came, it, it would, their homework, they would think they get a sheet that says do band rotations and do this and, and do this next stretch. But um, I know that sometimes your homework looks much different than that. So can you get, share some examples of you things you might send a patient home with? Sure. So after I work on patient, they basically, their body is different neurologically. I want to know how well they can connect to their body. So if their body is much more available, it's freer, they can move, but they don't have a good connection to their body, they couldn't use it. So I usually give them some mindful um, breathing, um, almost like a meditation kind of exercise. So I'll have them to do start with uh, something called heart breathing and is uh, developed by Heart uh, Math Institute. So it's an institute that study the function of heart in human healing and how is it due to um, influence your healing and interaction with the others. So I'll have them to have visualized a heart, breathing into that. And uh, interestingly, the heart 
they call the heart brain. Heart has 21,000 specialized cells that sends a signal to the brain. So if the heart is happy, is coherent, then the signal that's sent to the brain is smooth and coherent. If it's not, then it's spiky. And, and heart generate a much stronger magnetic field to the brain. So why is that important? Because your brain is stay inside of your head, but your heart connects to the rest of your body. So in order for you to connect to your body, you have to put your brain on vacation, so to speak, disconnect from the brain and be able to connect to your heart. So if you're able to self-regulate your heart, um, uh, heart rate uh, slows down. Yeah, able to con uh, self-control, regulate your heart rate variability, then you're able to send a smoother signal to the brain and the whole body, all the cells in the body will listen to that central command. So that's that. So once patient master that, the rest is piece of cake. Mm -hmm. And of course, that in the process of doing so, they're able to sense where in their body is restricted and they're able to self-regulate that to a certain extent. So combined with hands-on treatment, then they have better um, outcome and also more efficient in terms of how do they um, respond to the daily uh, uh, activity, how do they exercise, their body just feel different. How, with your approach being so different than an average PT or physician or therapist, uh, manual therapist, how do you deal with patients that come in and might be skeptical of what you're teaching them, you know, when you bring up their, you know, it might could be a visceral issue, even if they have back pain. How do you how do you have that conversation with them that when they are that skeptical or they don't really believe or trust in the beginning until you build that rapport? Sure. Um, I usually talk to patient, new patients on the phone. And I tell them about my approach, my treatment philosophies. So if they feel comfortable, then they will make a first appointment. So depends on what I find and where they are in the stage of their healing. I meet, uh, I meet them where they are. I use the language they understand. There's no point of talking, uh, of talking over somebody's head. That's not going to help them. Mm -hmm. So I meet them where they are and figure out where they are so I can best support them. And if they really don't feel like this is the therapy for them, then they may not continue. For me, my intention is to support their healing. My job is not to convert their, their whole worldview and their view of wellness, because that's not up to me. They, it's up to them, they would change when is for them, when is ready. Right. Yeah, I think that's a great point um, to what you said. You're not trying to convince them. You share with them what you think and, and how you go about trying to help them with their problem because they reached out to you. Um, and, you know, at some point they can decide, which is nice, that if they want your help or if they might not the approach might not be for them and you know for us in here we always say that either way it's okay we'll be here if you need us and we want to be able to help you but that's not to say that maybe it isn't for everybody um and and i i don't know from what we find often the patients that 
believe in what we do and and want to really heal and and are convinced those are the ones that get better outcomes right rather than trying to fight with them to like agree the the power of belief and also if there's an inner resistance if i sense there is i'll bring it out to patient and talk to them so I'll kind of ask them a couple questions and tell them that think about for them to think about the answers. I don't have to know the answers, but just for them to be aware. A lot of times the inner resistance is is the result of fear. They have this pain for so long. They're not sure if they get rid of pain, what they're going to be. And if they just are really skeptical they just don't believe this kind of treatment, then, you know, depend, then that's it. I mean, there's nothing more I can offer. But again, my intention is to here to support them. And in the future, if time is right, if they ever wanted to come back and resume this kind of therapy, they know where to find me. So um, I'm really not attached to convert patient. I'm just here and I, I know my place that is to support them. Great. Uh, how long have you had your, your private practice at this point? Um, I'll, I opened in March of 2016. Okay. So, so three years. Three years. Yeah, Very good. Yeah. Um, and what's your, do you have a specific condition or type of patient that you love to work with the most? I would say um, complex chronic pain that nobody else can help and and those are the one I, I love challenges. Mm-hmm. So those are the patient I, I love to treat. Um, so complex chronic pain could be of any origin, pelvic issue, neck issue, anything. Yeah. When, when you speak to pelvic pain, what are some of the symptoms? You know, we here don't we don't deal with a lot of people with that type of, of issue. So I'm, I'm curious when when you say pelvic pain, does that mean um but do you tell me what is that actually? What people at home would know pelvic pain as what symptoms? What are they having? Sure, um, pelvic pain. What it means is um, any pain around the pelvic girdle. So it could be anything, including um, bladder, bowel, and um, sexual origin. So anything that in that area related to the function of the pelvic floor of the pelvis. Um, pain with pelvic exam, urinary frequency, leakage, constipation, and that can happen. And pelvic pain can happen to both male and female. And um, I treat some um, kids as well, but mm-hmm. um, not super young, nothing like toddler, but mostly like 10 and above. I think uh, I have a couple friends that do, you know, specific pelvic floor therapy. And one of the things that they talk about that I think is important to, to get out in the open and discuss is, you know, there's a stigma, right? Like if it's painful in, with during sexual uh, encounters or if it's painful urination, there's things that a lot of people don't address because it's almost like embarrassing to talk about or they think there's embarrassment around and they may never, you know, address it. Um, whereas like you sprain your ankle, it's like, I'll get my ankle treated. So do you find that there's might be more hesitation or resistance to speak to some of those problems? Yes, definitely. It's hard for those patients to write reviews for me because they didn't want to reveal that they may have pelvic issues. And, yeah. but you know, if you have lower back pain or knee pain, that's much easier to, uh, 
to talk about in public. Yeah, so there's a lot of hesitation and shame. Right. Um, so that's, again, that's another emotional component that I may have to address somewhere down in the treatment um, uh, course of treatment. Once I resolve their physical restriction, if they still have that negative emotion somewhere in the body, and that's going to disrupt the balance. Right. Yeah. And do you find um, male versus female uh, more... Is there more even hesitation from male patients or female patients to address some of these more pelvic floor intimate type issues? Yeah, I would say mostly more female. Um, male definitely is much less. I think they don't usually reach out and uh, as much. And you think they live with you, you? Do you believe that they have a lot of pelvic issues that they just don't address because of or you think that it's not as prevalent? I don't do, uh, I didn't do a, a stats on that, so it's hard to say, but I would say most of my patients are female and less male. The, the a few males that I talk to, they have pain for years and they don't know where to turn. Right. So to the point where they just shut down and um, it's very, I would say it's less likely for them to talk to their peers than women. So women usually share and talk about where are the good places to get treatment? So yeah, I think there's a difference in personality and how they relate to others in terms of pain. Right, and then even to that point, we kind of joke about it here, but even if we see the husband as a patient, it's usually his wife that made him in the appointment. So the wife usually makes those decisions. It seems like for us, like not a lot of men will call. A lot of times it's their wife saying, listen, he's got to come in. Like, and, or the, the wife's calling for the kids or the husband. But generally the men will just kind of let it go. And that's what we find in general here often. Yes. Very yes, often, right? Yes. Um, anything else that you wanted to educate the, you know, the general public on or anything specifically that you would like, to, uh, any messaging that, that you want people to really understand that we didn't talk about today? Um, I would say that the essential piece for healing is that it's beyond physical. Not only physical is a good starting point, but after in the or in the process of getting your body in harmony, also be mindful about the body mind connection. And there are many tools that one can easily achieve that once achieve it and it can be easily maintained through daily meditation breathing and also just physical movements such as yoga and some of the uh, movement therapy those can be easily bridge the gap between mind and body excellent and um, if people want to reach out or think about becoming a patient what's the best way for them to get in contact with you I would say the best way is to call um, and also get on the website. It's uh, www.wholebodywellness-pt.com. Um, so and what's those, the phone number for people? Uh, it's 908-361-1113. Cool. 908-361-1113. And we'll put links in the, in the post so that we have the website and your phone number. Um, Yuchin, I really appreciate you being on. I learned a lot from you today. There's a lot of stuff that you do that is well 
beyond what anything that we do in our practice. And uh, that's why we've been able to, I think, be able to work with patients and, uh, and get them really good results. So um, if you guys are local to Somerset County, Union County, or, or even if you need to travel, um, if you have a, a problem that no one else can solve, um, you know, I would reach out to uh, Dr. Chang and see if there's something that she can do to help. Uh, she's helped so many people already that we that we've treated and everyone I haven't heard a one bad thing about her so far. So, um, I'm, I'm fully able to endorse her. Like I said, if, if not, if, if you need to know a full endorsement, I, I recommend that my sister go see her. So what else is there than recommending family? So, um, Yuchin, we really appreciate you being on. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for the kind words. And I really appreciate working with you too. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast brought to you by Strive to Move. If your pain or injury is preventing you from living the healthy and active lifestyle you love and deserve and want to get back to doing what you love pain-free, we offer both a free ebook and free over-the-phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the best next steps to help resolve it. Find our ebooks online at strivetomove.com slash ourservices. There you'll find an ebook for topics on such things as back pain, knee pain, sports injuries, and CrossFit injuries. These ebooks will provide you with free expert advice, tips, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit strivetomove.com/ourservices to download your ebook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no obligation phone consults with a doctor on staff to New Jersey residents. Just call us at 908-547-0729 or visit us at strivetomove.com and click the Talk to the Doctor First button on the homepage to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast.